Howdy y'all, my name is Ray, and today I'm here to talk to you guys about a phenomenon in nature called brood parasitism. I'm not sure about y'all, but I've noticed the most commonly discussed driving forces when it comes to evolution is one, sexual selection, like sexual reasons such as fighting or courting, and two, natural selection, or like survival reasons such as the search for food or habitation. One driving force that isn't commonly discussed and I think should be discussed more is parasitism. I'm not talking about the types like ticks, but behavior parasitism and specifically brood parasitism. So there's a lot of background information to go over in order to understand this phenomenon. And okay, okay, come on, bear with me, bear with me. So first off, brood just means young, you know, or offspring. And brood parasitism is essentially when an animal uses another animal to raise their young. This phenomenon is common in many bird species. Some uh, species lay their eggs in other bird nests called host nests, and they're usually nests of other species. And the parasites trick the animals into raising their youngs. The hatchlings are being raised by the hosts and the hatchlings are parasitizing their parental care. Now you may be wondering, like, how does this happen? You know, won't the host be able to tell the parasite chick isn't theirs? Well, even if you don't want to know, I'm going to tell you because I think it's pretty interesting. Even when the parasite bird is like three times the size and could look totally different from the rest of the chicks, the parents still care and feed for them. Yeah, pretty interesting now, eh? I'm going to use an example to explain how all of it works. And the example I'm going to use is the cuckoo bird. So the way the cuckoo bird hatchlings trick the host into feeding them, even when they're different, is acting on innate behaviors. So innate behaviors are just any behaviors that always occur when exposed to a certain stimulus. Essentially an instinctive or subconscious behavior. The animal can't help but react that way. You know, it's, uh, for example, in humans, it's like when you get scared, like a jump scare, your innate behavior is to, you know, jump or scream and be scared. That is an innate behavior. Birds have innate behavior when taking care of their young. And when I say taking care of their young, I mean feeding. So birds have a special marks in their mouth called gate marks. And when the parents see that mark in their hatchling, it initiates the innate behavior of regurgitating food into the chick's mouth, aka, you know, feeding. You know, it's an innate behavior because the bird doesn't think about it and instinctively sees a mark, and it does it, all, always. And these gate marks are different in each species and will differ in shape, color, size, etc., etc. So each parent or each species parent has a specific mark they react to. This is actually an evolutionary defense against parasitism, brood parasitism, because the mark is different each species. It ensures the bird is only feeding their own young, or at least the young of their own species because some birds are known to cheat on each other. So the cuckoo birds have an evolutionary response to the gate marks. This is how they trick the host into raising the cuckoo bird young. And it involves that innate behavior of feeding. The cuckoo birds evolved to have similar gate marks to American robins. You know, that's the host species of choice for cuckoo birds. The cuckoo bird hatchling marks is close enough to the robins young where it 
initiates that instinctive behavior to feed. You know, the use of that innate behavior of an animal to benefit another is called code breaking. Now that you know what kind of parasitism I'm talking about, what brood parasitism is, I want to explain why it's important to understand how it affects evolution and how it affects other species just as much as sexual and natural selection does. So parasitism is very costly to the host. So evolution will drive the host to develop traits that counteract parasitism. And because it's so costly, it's a strong driving force in evolution, right? So those unable to defend against those parasites often die and cannot pass their genes on. So it's very, it's a strong force. It's, uh, it's like natural selection. Those who don't get food will die and can't pass off their genes. So it's a big deal for them to de develop a way to get food. Same with parasitism. They could die if they let the parasite have their way. So it's a big deal to develop defenses. But the parasites still need to eat. So it's more beneficial for them to keep trying to be a parasite than to just give up and die. So there's a strong evolutionary pressure for the parasites to develop ways to act against the host defense. Evolutionarily speaking, the hosts and the parasites are at an arms race. Hosts are continuously selected for having stronger defenses against parasites, and parasites are continuously selected for having stronger offense. One of these examples of this arm race is gate marks, as mentioned before. You know, gathering food is costly for the parents. So they could die trying to find food for their young. So it's important that they feed them to the right kids. If not, the host and his young could both die, all to feed someone else's kids. So in the host, evolution developed the innate reactions to gate marks in order to make sure parents feed their right kids and their efforts don't go in vain. It evolved to be innate because it ensures that the chick is fed every time. You know, you don't want the, it to be a conscious decision where the parents are, you know, thinking about it. Is it my chick? Is it not? Then that could lead them to making a mistake and just letting their own kids die. So it's important that it's innate so their kids are always fed. This then puts a lot of pressure on the parasites to develop a way to counteract those gate marks, right? Or else, you know, they're going to die. The arm race continues. This leads the cuckoo bird to develop marks that are similar to those of robins. When cuckoo birds were developing this in evolution, they most likely, probably, looked for robins and laid in their nests, but most likely many of the babies died because you know, in the population, there wasn't many species or many cuckoo birds that had marks that matched the robins. But some could have lived. Some could have marks just close enough to initiate the innate behavior in robins and get the care needed for the chicks to grow up. Currently, in the cuckoo birds, the cuckoo is winning in the arms race. It has the upper hand. The majority of the cuckoo bird hatchlings in the population have marks that are able to trick the host. And like I said, this is why I think parasitism needs to be talked about more often when discussing evolution and the driving forces of it. It's a huge driving force in evolution, causes many changes in the species, both behaviorally and physiologically. Physiologically, bah. 
Brood parasitism does both. It leads to evolution and developing changes in behavior like innate reactions and physical changes like marks in their mouth, gate marks. But this is just one example. Birds specifically develop many different methods to counteract brood parasitism. Huh? Some hosts use marks, other species use physical characters of eggs to, to determine which one is theirs, for example. Huh? Those bird species that use eggs have an innate behavior where they reject eggs that look different. You know, they use the first eggs of the batch they see to act as a base comparison, and any egg that looks different is rejected. But again, that is just one direction it could go. The amount of options evolutionary the defenses and offenses that could happen is so vast and will continue to be developed. That's why I think it's interesting. I hope you all learned something today and have a good day. Hey, nice